Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Father, would you just be with us today? Allow my words to be spoken uh, through your Spirit's power. Divide and multiply and give to each one as they have need that only you can do, God. I thank you for meeting us here today. In your name we pray. Amen. So today I want to continue a little bit of the topic that I introduced last week, talking about forgiveness. So I guess forgiveness 2.0 will be today's uh, message because I just want to add a little bit more to it. I want us to go a little bit deeper. Um, there are so many different angles and ways that we could go with forgiveness. Um, but when we discuss this idea, I feel like this is, this is an area that you, you see people throughout their whole life uh, wrestling with forgiveness in different areas of different relationships. And even to their deathbeds, you see that folks are still struggling with the fact that maybe there wasn't reconciliation or true forgiveness that, that happened. And so this is something that you see really can follow us if not dealt with properly. And so I want to recap a little bit. I might be a little bit hot. Am I a little bit loud back there to you guys? It seems loud to me. Okay. I'll just tone it down. I'm surprised I actually still have a voice. I went to the game last night, um, and I, in the first half, I thought, man, I'm not going to have a voice. And then the second half happened, and so I, I got to keep my voice because nothing good happened to cheer for. Uh, it was just a lot of yelling at the rest at that point. And, and I never do that, do I, Candy? I would never yell at the rest. That's not the kind of guy I am. Um, but it was a great game. I uh, wish they had, had, had been able to finish strong. And, and I feel like that even applies to a little bit of what we're talking about today. And talking about forgiveness, because we can start so well, and then something cut in in our life, in our relationship. Something can happen to us. We can uh, have something happen at a church. We can have something happen in our marriage. We can have something happen with, with a, uh, within our family that really can cause us to carry a bitterness that we were never intended to carry, and we can end up not ending as well as we started. And I want to give us some tools today that I think will really help us. And last week, just to recap, we talked about how this is something that Christ did for us, but he also wants to do in us and offer through us. I'm talking about forgiveness, that Christ has done this for us, but now he wants to do it in us and even extend it and offer it through us. In Ephesians 4 Verse 31 and 32, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. So Paul's kind of given some instructions of things to rid yourselves of. And then he he adds this. He says, But put on this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And so the forgiveness uh, litmus test, so to speak, the plumb line we have here is, is how Christ has interacted with you and how he's interacted with me, that this is the measure of forgiveness to which we are to extend. Easier said than done, right? Because life happens, it gets messy, it gets difficult. And, and Paul kind of reiterates this as he writes in Colossians. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And we highlighted a little bit about the life of Joseph, and I didn't get to this text, but I want to read it just briefly. This is the summation. This is the end of Joseph's life. These are the verses that, that if it could have been, if it could have fit on a headstone, this is what I think he would have had here. When Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, they said, 
Now listen to this, how they kind of twist some words. They make up some words that didn't exist. What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Because he could do that. He's in a place of authority. Verse 16 in Genesis 50 says this, So they sent word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. But, but did he really? We're not told he did. But they're using the leverage of their dad, even post-mortem here, to hopefully buy back some favor towards forgiveness. And so here's what they say. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. Joseph wept. It reminds me of another person that wept, right? When my, my kids love when they say, oh, if we have to quote verses, can I do that one, Dad? Judah's always going to the, the Jesus wept verse, right? Because that, that counts as one of his verses some, somehow. But here, I think we see such a, the model of forgiveness in Joseph's response. Regardless of if Jacob had ever said these words, the brothers here are recognizing that they need to make amends, and Joseph has a, has a response. He can either continue to throw up the walls. He can not offer forgiveness. He can refuse to give them sustenance, any kind of food during this famine. He's got the authority to be able to do all that. He can send them back home empty-handed. Even worse than that, he could have thrown them in jail. But his response is a heartfelt response of Joseph wept. And I think that this really shows us so much of when we are faced with the opportunity for reconciliation and forgiveness, where will our heart be in that process? Now, let me say it is a process. And I can't say that right after something happens to me that I'm at the place where Joseph is right here, that I'm at a place of tenderness and compassion and willing to forgive, but, but I hope that I can always work myself towards that place of Joseph wept that my heart would be soft enough to say, God, yes, I, I want to be able to see where there has been a broken bridge mended again. Joseph wept. And he doesn't end there. It says his brothers then came and they threw themselves down before him and said, we are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. He immediately removes fear and says, I'm not in a place of judgment. Am I God? Only God can give judgment. You know, as Rick even spoke about a couple of weeks ago, talking about our relationships, that sometimes when we give judgment, that's what when we receive pain back is what he said in that boomerang effect. But I would like to even take it a step further. Judgment was never something that was ours to give. Why ever give something that was never yours to give to begin with? Why put yourself in a seat? And here he's saying, Joseph recognizes that. Don't be afraid. I'm not in the place of God. Or maybe you should be afraid because that he's the one in that seat. But he says this. This is what I love. To me, this is the Romans 8.28 verse of the Old Testament. Genesis 50.20. Joseph says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Forgiveness can see something that is messed up, broken, hurt, wounded, and still see that God is the great redeemer. It doesn't leave you in a mess. Forgiveness allows you to see that God can still pick you up out of whatever mire you're in, whatever deep pit you may find yourself in, and even say God can even use this because what you intended for X, God can still redeem and use for this. 
And I love it. He says, so then don't be afraid. Joseph is able to speak words of tenderness. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. As I'm kind of rushing through this, I want us to recap a few of the things that we talked about last week is is we get out the recipes for forgiveness and we begin to add some things to forgiveness. I want us to go through and I'm going to add a couple to them. Last week we said that that forgiveness, one of the big elements and ingredients of forgiveness is we give up the right to get even. We no longer retain that power because when we forgive, we release and say retribution's not in in the, in the ingredients here of forgiveness and forgiveness is what I want to walk in. And, and essentially the definition is going to be the ingredient would be a canceled debt. That's what forgiveness really is made up of. But there's a few things that we discussed and we're going to add to today that are oftentimes confused with ingredients of forgiveness that aren't. And we mentioned last week that forgetting And it was interesting, a young man who was here visiting for the first time, he came up to me as he was walking out and he said, man, it was really interesting how you talked about that forgiveness and forgetting are not the same. He said, because I've heard that all my life that we forgive and forget. And he said, I just never really bought into that. And I get that because in our humanity, we don't forget. But what we can choose to do is to no longer remember against You remember how those are two different things? How we may not forget, but we can choose to no longer remember against someone. And that's forgiveness, where we can walk in no longer holding against. Remember, love does not hold an account of all wrongs. According to 1 Corinthians 13, as Paul writes that, love even covers a multitude of sins, as Peter would tell us. And it talks about, we said, eliminating consequences. Sometimes we think that, oh, but if I forgive them, I'm showing a sign of weakness and there's no longer going to be consequences for what they've done. And, and, and that's not true either. We recognize that, that behaviors still have to be dealt with, that unacceptable behavior has to be addressed, that what has led to this brokenness in our relationship still has to be discussed We can't just ignore it and call that forgiveness. But there are still sometimes consequences, even in God's mercy and grace with us. Just like there are with my my own kids, there are still consequences in forgiveness. We even talked about how the denial of pain is often something that we would add to the ingredients of forgiveness. But really, it's quite the opposite. Because the denial of pain would say that, oh, there there was never really any hurt to begin with. There was never any sever to begin with in our relationship. And then there can never be a true transaction of forgiveness because in order for there to be a canceled debt, you have to acknowledge that there was a debt. And remember, we don't want to live in that debt-to-debt relationship as we talked about our expectations. But when it comes to forgiveness, we have to acknowledge that that was there, that there was something that was broken in our trust and in our relationship that we're going to get to later this morning but we can't just deny it and think that it is still going to happen in our lives. And pretending kind of goes hand in hand with that denial. And these are some of the things that we talked about last week. And we even said that sometimes what we mix in with our ingredients of forgiveness is that the grieving is over. When I've forgiven someone, I'm no longer going to hurt either. That what happened in that relationship is now going to be all behind me. And it's just going to be a bed of roses moving forward from here. And, and that's not true either. A lot of times there is still the process of acknowledging the pain that has happened. That when we forgive doesn't necessarily just make that pain go away. But forgiveness means that we're engaging in this journey. 
that we're not ignoring this process, but we don't want bitterness to have roots in our hearts. And that's what I hope you hear today, that above all else, we would guard our hearts. You know, these past two weeks, I've had a a real opportunity to hold some unforgiveness towards some folks that have tried to hurt me personally. And I've had a couple of conversations as Rick and I have talked, and I said, Rick, just this week, we, we talked about this. I said, I feel like more than ever, we have to guard our hearts. If life is inside it, it is worth protecting. And whatever hurt is trying to invade our lives right now because of other people. How many of you know hurt people hurt people? And when we have wounds that we haven't found complete healing and, and restoration from, boy, sometimes the flailing of life that happens, we begin to hit others and wound others. And we have to decide, how will we guard our hearts? Will we respond from bitterness or will we say, God, I want to forgive. Right now, this does hurt. We have to acknowledge that there's pain, but to engage in that process and recognize there is a process of grieving. And it doesn't just happen overnight when we forgive. And some things I want to add to it this morning, I want to add to some of the ingredients that we'll talk about is trust. How many of you know this is probably one of the biggest things that gets broken through unforgiveness and forgiveness. In this exchange, when someone has wronged you, when someone has hurt you, when maybe some misunderstanding has occurred and what came out of it were some hurtful words or actions, that this is probably the first thing to go. In the ingredients that are broken in our lives and we're trying to transact forgiveness in this, and this is not the same as forgiveness. Trust and forgiveness are not the same. You can forgive without trusting again. You can forgive without trusting again. And let me say, especially when the trust has been broken because of verbal or physical abuse, trust should be on a, on a warranted and earned basis. It should be based on evidence that they have earned your trust back. Because I think sometimes we are very vulnerable to want to, because let's, let's be honest, we want to experience forgiveness. We want to experience amending right away. But trust is something that is earned back based on the, the behavior that has proven that they are trustworthy again. And I know this is some real slippery slopes here for some of us, but I, I feel like this will protect your heart. This will help you guard your heart in forgiveness. Trust should be given or withheld based on the evidence of what you see happening in their lives. And the offender has to do a few things. They have to take responsibility for their behavior. So we're admitting that there was a debt and change or be willing to change that behavior that led to the trust and the breach that's happened. And then you have to continue to show that the trust is built over a period of time because once it's been torn down, boy, you're not going right back to where it was. When I, if I do something to break my trust with Candy, if I hid something, if I bought something without talking to her and she knew that this was something we would have discussed, I mean, if I've, if I've been somewhere that I shouldn't have and I didn't disclose, I mean, there are things that will break our trust, but I'm not going to get it back just like that, even if she forgives me. That's something I'm going to have to earn back with her. And it's like that in all of our relationships. Forgiveness is a gift, but trust must be earned. Forgiveness is a gift, but trust must be earned. And so I want us to be wise in how we add this ingredient of trust into the forgiveness bowl that that we're mixing up today. And the last one here is reconciliation. 
And this is what we all desire, hopefully, in our relationships. When we talk about having healthy relationships, I hope that reconciliation is what we really want. That what's happened with me and maybe some of my siblings where I wish there was a mend in our relationship is David prayed with me this week. It was what I wrote down Wednesday night that, man, there's, there's a, a sibling I have that I want a mended relationship. I want reconciliation. And there's not necessarily, there's misunderstandings that have led to some, probably some hurt and and I want that, but there's a process to get there, and that's not automatically a part of what we can give freely, which is forgiveness. Reconciliation is when we have forgiveness plus trust. When we have forgiveness that can be given and trust that has been earned, then reconciliation can begin to occur. Then reconciliation can happen. And reconciliation is simply a restoring to that friendship, that harmony that we had in that relationship again. Forgiveness is always possible, even if difficult, but because it centers on the hurt person giving up efforts to get even. Deciding that I'm not going to take things into my own hands and get back, but instead I'm going to give forgiveness so that I can be freed of what has hurt me and the pain that they have caused However, reconciliation is not always possible or even wise. What? Michael, you just told me this was the end goal, and now you're telling me it's not always even wise. Let me explain. In a a relationship, in order for it to be restored, both parties have to acknowledge that there was pain and there was hurt. And the offended party must be pretty far down that path of forgiveness before you can even get to reconciliation. And the offender must even have taken that responsibility for what they've done. But if for some reason there's not an acknowledgement of what's been done, there's no willingness to take ownership of what's happened, you can forgive and you can maybe even build a measure of trust, but you'll not see full reconciliation. And if there has been a major offense and there's no acknowledgement and there's only the the chance of hurt continuing in this relationship, reconciliation may not even be a healthy outcome for you at this time. And that is really difficult because I don't know about you, my unreconciled relationships are what keep me up most at night. Not the bills, not the kids, unless there's a reconciling issue there with my relationship. But it is, I want my relationships to be in harmony, Rick. And that's what probably causes me more stress than anything in my life. It's because I don't know if it's that I just want to be like David. I don't know if I just want everyone to be my friend or what it is as a kid that I still have as an adult. But I just, I want there to be peace in my relationships. And if I have hurt someone, I want to own that. And I want to make amends where I've been hurt and wronged. I want to forgive and I want there to be reconciliation. But sometimes that's not always possible. And that's a hard reality for me to come to grips with. When the other party doesn't either want to own up to it or there's not a full understanding of that I really did wrong you, it may not even be healthy for me to enter back into that, especially if there's been some abuse involved. And that's where we really have to dance that line carefully. We can still offer and walk in forgiveness, but we may not see reconciliation, though that's my goal. And I want to talk about a little bit of, well, Michael, what are the benefits of forgiveness then? I'm so glad you asked. Meshach, thank you for asking, even though I didn't hear you say it. What do you, why do you think someone would even want to choose to forgive? Man, here are the things that it helps me with. It helps me overcome bitterness. It helps me move out of pain in my life. You ever been around someone that, man, they had nothing but negative to say? 
and you wonder what's happened. You wonder what's kind of left this bitter root in their life. I mean, it, it, you can tell what well they're living out of, and it's not a well of life. Every word comes out. It's, it's negative. I mean, negative Nancy, whatever you want to call them. You know, there's, there's, the, there's the names we've given. But, but, but if we hold unforgiveness, we have the same temptation to live out of wells of bitterness. The, the unforgiveness that we have in our heart isn't going to hurt that other person near as much as it's only going to hurt us. It will hold us back. And this is something I've tried to sit down with, with my daughter. And as she's gotten older, she's experienced some of the clicks and just the, the hurtful things that, that young tweens can do and, and the, the clicks and the, and the, and the, just the segregation and the words that can be spoken. And, and we've tried to help her understand that she needs to be able to forgive and to let that, them go and the hurtful words go because it's not going to hold them back. They probably don't even remember what they said to you but it sure is going to fester a wound in her. And it's the same for us. And you think about how forgiveness will help us move out of our pain. And this is the process that allows us to get on with our lives. You think about working out and the muscles you begin to, to use and it hurts at first. But in order to begin to work out of our pain, we have to work that muscle of forgiveness. And this isn't just a one-time thing. This is a process. This is a daily decision that we make. We have to decide that we're going to operate out of forgiveness before we end up sliding because we didn't make a decision. We either decide or we slide. And when we slide into bitterness, it will taint all the wells within our life that we're supposed to be life-giving. Forgiveness has that power. Forgiveness is what Christ has done for us. And there are so many benefits so many benefits. And, and adding to those, I would say that it helps us increase our capacity to love. You think about when we can forgive and let go. If you've ever had something that you've walked through personally, you've realized how it's made you so tender towards other people walking through difficult situations. And I remember this happens in so many different ways. If you've ever um, had to walk through chronic illness in your family, you realize real quick that your compassion and the capacity within your heart to have understanding increase significantly when you've walked through that personally. And I think forgiveness is that same, that same widening. Uh, it has that, cap that capacity grower within it, within our hearts. I think of the Grinch, right? I think of how he, when he finally, right, they say that his heart was small when, when the, the movie first starts and he's still in all the kids' toys. He wants to end Christmas. I think there was some unforgiveness. Look back to what happened early in his life, right? Well, I'm going to preach the Grinch here for a minute. And, and how that he had been ridiculed and made fun of early on, right? The hack job when he was trying to impress whatever Mayhew it was, Sally Lou Who, I don't even know. I should have watched the movie if I'm going to preach it first. Well, yeah, that one, right? But, but that one, even, even as he, we see that they've elongated the story from the 30-minute the you know, cartoon version, but, but the, there was something in his heart that he hadn't dealt with that had led to this bitterness that he's living out. But his heart begins to grow. I think it's because he begins to experience forgiveness. He begins to forgive himself. He begins to be able to release the hurt that people have brought into his life. And this is what... Forgiveness has the capability of doing for all of us is expanding our capacity to love. And then finally, even making reconciliation possible. Even making reconciliation possible. And we're talking about our healthy relationships. And I want our healthy relationships to be safe. 
and forgiveness, if it can lead to restored trust, because they have earned that back in our lives, and we can ultimately see that reconciliation with forgiveness and trust added together is the outcome. That's the end goal. That is where we want it to go, but it's, I want your relationships to be healthy, and I want them to be a safe place for you to be able to grow and become everything God has for you. Forgiveness is always what we were, were aiming for, and hopefully reconciliation is where it will lead. And I know in our relationship with the Lord, He's already waiting. His arms are wide open. He is extending not only forgiveness, but to restore trust and reconciliation with us because He's like no other. He's not human. He's not wrapped up in relationship with flesh and flesh the way that we are and vulnerable to hurt us because it's only been one way with Him. And so I hope that more than anything as you experience forgiveness and you can receive it and allow it to process within you, then we can give it Because what we have received, hopefully we can give. And vice versa, what we don't give, it will be really hard to receive. That is what Jesus tells us. And and I don't know if you've seen this video this week, especially about the trial that's going on in Texas with the officer who had worked a late shift and shows up to where she thinks she lives. She thinks it's her apartment and she's gone in and there's someone in the apartment and she shoots them and kills them. And then she realizes she's not in her apartment. And there's, this is the testimony of the young man who was killed, his brother. you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just I hope you go to God with all what all the guilt all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past, each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know, I can speak for myself, I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone can say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what, that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. 
and the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not going to say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. I don't want to politicize this or put it under scrutiny. There's so many different ways you can look at this. But this is this man's experience of losing his brother and what he chooses to do. To me, it is such a picture of God's forgiveness for us. Justice is real and is a part of the gospel. But I think of what I have done, and yet God chooses that. I don't want you to even rot for what you've done, Michael. I don't want you to even suffer for the consequences that you should play out based on your choices. I want the best for you. That's what I believe God says to every single one of us. What a picture that when we have received it, we are then able to give it. I guarantee you this was a process for this young man and what he talks about that this is what I believe both of them. He's talking about his brother. He says his brother's name that I believe he would want you to experience you listen to the mom and the mom's still wanting justice. There were some things that were ha- handled in that case, again, that were not right. There should have been, um, it should have been more fair the way that it was investigated, all of that. But I'm, I want to, to focus in on forgiveness. What God desires for every single one of us is that we not continue to reel in the, in the cycle of shame and guilt and what we have done, but He wants to extend to us His grace. And I want us to do this today. I want us to do it today through communion. And I want us to remember what he has done for us. Hey, would you mind coming and playing for us today? Thank you, Rick. I'm going to serve each one of us, but before we do, I would like to pray with us. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? If you'd say, Michael, there are some areas of unforgiveness Maybe you just need to get right with the Lord first today. Maybe this is a time of reconciliation between you and God, and there has been a gap. There has been a desire, and then there's been what has actually been happening, a reality, and it is far from from the Lord, and you need reconciliation and forgiveness from Him today. If that's where you're at, would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray with you first. If there needs to be reconciliation, yes, yes. Reconciliation between you and the Lord. Yes. And the second would be, if there is someone, there is a situation that has happened, they may or may not be around still for you to reconcile, but you can still forgive. If you would say, Michael, I know this still has roots of bitterness in my life, and I'm tired of it still infiltrating what God has for me. I'm tired of it still stealing the promises He has for me. I'm tired of it taking away and diminishing the life that you have given me. I want to release and cancel that debt. I want to forgive. 
Would you raise your hand with me? Yes, yes. Yes. Amen. Father, I pray with the precious people here today, God, that we would be able to receive and experience your forgiveness right now in a powerful and meaningful way, Lord. We receive the once for all price that you paid, Jesus, upon that cross, that we don't have to continue to offer a sacrifice. Lord, you did that so that we don't have to continually come and offer a sacrifice for our sins, but we can confess them now. And you are faithful and just, the word says, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we do that now, Lord, and we're asking in the scope of our lives what we have received from you that we would be able to now give it freely help us to forgive those that have hurt us that have wronged us Lord to release and to cancel out that debt Lord may we do it the same way as God has forgiven us in Christ we thank you for this admonition today Lord help us to live our best life as we walk in health and forgiveness Lord we worship you Amen. What I'm going to do now is I walk down these aisles. I'm going to ask that each of the sides just come out.